What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski. And I am doing another compilation video. Um, this is going to be all about weight loss and bigger picture things. So this special episode is going to start off with an interview that I did right after I got back from San Francisco two years ago. And I talk about my conversation I had with my Lyft driver um, heading from the airport to my hotel. And, you know, we got into a really in-depth conversation about his struggle with weight loss. And I was like, oh, this is my chance to, you know, just give him as much information as possible. And after that conversation, I was like, man, like some of the stuff I said was really, really good. Like I need to take my thoughts that I had with him onto my podcast. So I wanted to start off the episode strong with that because I think at this point, most of us are trying to get the hang of life again uh, since COVID disrupted the entire world. Um, Because I think a lot of us right now are like, you know what, enough's enough. I need to take care of my health. I'm going to start exercising again. I'm going to start eating properly. I'm going to start drinking less. Because, you know, for the most part, at least for me, fuck, COVID made me drink a lot more beer (laughs) and uh, the hard stuff. So, you know, I think now people are kind of sick of it in a rut and they want to get out of it. And, uh... The other episodes go over multiple different points from mental health to environmental factors to every little thing that, you know, will influence weight loss success. And I think a lot of times those are the things that people miss so much. Like if I had to put a percentage, like that's the 80% is, you know, happiness levels, your mental health, um, like your environment, like all those things. Whereas the 20% is like how many days a week you're working out and like, are you doing enough volume and are you eating enough protein? Are you getting enough sleep? Like things like that. So I'm really excited to put this together because I know a lot of you are itching to get back into the groove of things and your motivation is finally coming back. So here we go sweet ass compilation episode on weight loss and the bigger picture here we go i did not plan what i was going to say but that's no different than any other episode but i want to address one of my posts that i put up i think yesterday the day before i can't remember anyway um an example of intermittent fasting like i honestly thought i covered this topic But actually, you know what? I'm going to take a step back further. When I went to San Fran chatting with my Lyft driver, um, he was struggling with weight loss. And we had a good conversation for a good, like, 30 minutes about um, his ideas, my ideas when it comes to sustainable weight loss. And he was under the impression that the best way to do it is if you created a gym environment where someone would sign up for like four to six months at a time where you completely isolate them and make them train without any kind of outside influence you tell them what to eat and I'm like this kind of sounds to me like you're describing the biggest loser and I honestly thought like we all know that show like weight loss shows in general are not the best um, representation of what successful, you know, weight loss looks like. And if you look at majority of those contestants on these shows, they end up lo- uh, gaining all the weight that they lost. They end up with some weird medical issues. They end up with, um, you know, some stress fractures or some other kind of 
crap going on with their body because of the extreme nature of the show. And to me, I was like, man, like I thought we have been doing a good enough job to reach, you know, people, at least in North America, what, you know, real weight loss looks like. And I guess, and this is why I do this show, like I need to reach more people. I need to constantly feed into this platform to let everyone know that those extremes never end up this, the way that you want them. You know, if you look at those shows, they only film the stuff that people want to see. They want to see the struggle. They want to see the success. And then over time, I guess people just assume that, hey, I need to do something that extreme to actually see success. But long story short, they usually don't work that way. So I find myself constantly repeating a lot of the topics that I brought up over and over and over again. But, you know, I think people just need to constantly hear it. And eventually they will pick up on the notion that hard work over a long period of time is the actual way of, you know, seeing the success they want. Now, going back to my original point, I did a post on intermittent fasting and someone asked me about uh, this whole idea that they're under the impression that breakfast boosts their metabolism. And uh, sounded like I had a beer can in here. (laughs) Um, And to elaborate on that point, you know, There's no best way to boost your metabolism. You know what? I'm going to take that back. There is a way to boost your metabolism. It's by getting your body on a regular schedule of eating, sleeping, and training. Your body absolutely loves a routine. It loves being in homeostasis. It loves running on a familiar schedule, a familiar environment, like... Just think about how when you travel, you're outside of your element, your body thinks it's under stress. Like that's why travel is so stressful, right? Um, If you, out of nowhere, start sleeping for eight hours every single night, no matter what, your body's going to love you. Your body is going to boost its metabolism by, by that and help regulate your hormones. If you start eating every single day around the same times with good and nutritious food, with high protein and lots of vegetables and healthy fats and all the colors of the rainbow of food choices, your body's metabolism is gonna boost in that sense. If you start exercising regularly, your metabolism is gonna boost from that end too. So there's no like definite, like, so when I hear um, statements like, hey, I heard that if you start your day with a breakfast, it's going to boost your metabolism and get you going, right? Maybe, but there's a lot of people out there in the world that eat breakfast every day and they have trouble losing weight, you know, and this whole idea of fasting, people also get kind of scared to like, oh my God, I'm not going to eat. And I'm like, the, the first thing I always tell people like hunger If you really think about what hunger is, it's cue to your body. It's a signal, right? The moment you get a hunger cue, all you say to yourself is like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. I should probably go eat, right? But this idea that I introduced that, hey, you know, you could, if you really want to, um, fast in the morning and not eat until the afternoon People go into this panic mode. Like, hunger is not an emergency. You know? It's just like when you need to pee a little bit, you're like, oh shit, I need to go to the bathroom. But you're not in like emergency mode, like, holy shit, I'm gonna piss my pants. You could hold it for a little while. You could probably hold it for another hour before you're like, okay, I really need to go. 
right? Hunger's the same way. You're not gonna, um, what's the word, like, die of hunger the moment you get that first cue of hunger. And most of the time when I teach people how to do intermittent fasting, um, I tell them to set a timer. The moment they get that first hunger cue in the morning, like the first day of intermittent fasting is a kind of like trial run. So I tell people, wake up in the morning, don't eat anything, have water, have your coffee, just make sure there's no milk, sugar, cream, or anything like that in your coffee, just drink it black. Go about your your day, and the moment your first hunger cue hits, states like 9.27 in the morning, hit a timer for 20 minutes and see if you still have that hunger cue. Most likely, you won't have that hunger cue. And that's that first barrier when people are like, oh, okay, so when I get that first hunger cue, I know I have 20 minutes, that's not bad, I can still eat and I won't die of hunger, right? Like your bodies can, our bodies can do a lot that you don't even think about. Like they can go to extreme lengths. So being hungry for 20 minutes is not gonna kill you. But most of the time when you set that timer and it goes off in 20 minutes, you're not that hungry. Like. You, you'd be surprised. So then people get through that barrier and are like, oh my God, like this wasn't as bad as I thought. So this whole idea of intermittent fasting is not that um, scary to them. But if you look at the research of fasting, there's some really interesting stuff to the point that it helps regulate your insulin levels a little bit better than eating your traditional you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with snacks in between. But that being said, you could probably find research on the other end of the spectrum where you eat three meals a day, including breakfast, and they're balanced meals and everything like that, and your insulin levels are pretty good, right? So fasting's kind of been this in-the-back-of-your-mind type of thing for years. Like, I personally do intermittent fasting every single day, like... Today, I woke up and had my first meal at 12 o'clock. And all I drank before then was um, water and coffee, and that's it. So, this idea of key phrases, key words that you hear in the in- industry, especially in the nutrition industry, like breakfast boosts your metabolism, it might not be entirely true, right? Like, go down the rabbit hole of finding these research studies. And the reason why, too, that um, nutrition on a whole is so controversial, uh, controversial is it's such a young industry. So, for example, take the industry of physics. It's been around for probably 3,000 years And there's like definite rules to the laws of physics. Like you can't argue with the laws of physics right now. There's new theories being explained all the time, but sometimes those theories end up being, you know, like, oh, well, we proved you wrong. So there it is. Right now with nutrition, there is no absolutes. All we really know is that eating protein um, with lots of vegetables and... um, where am I going, this, uh, eating protein, lots of vegetables, and, you know, sleeping enough, being active enough, and eating different kinds of foods and things like that are really, really, really good for your body. And if you don't eat in excess, you won't gain weight. Like, that's what we really, really know. And then there are pockets of the industry where they get a little more specific to um, whatever goals you can think of, right? That's why there's always new research coming out. But sometimes that research is not definite. Because if you actually go into, say, that example of, like, breakfast boosts your metabolism, it might have been a study done on... 14 people that were aged 60 to 65 that 
have never exercised and their current diet was so-so and then adding them onto a three meal a day um, eating plan or a balanced meal to prove that breakfast was important you can't say that that's completely true because say you do another um, study but maybe you have a hundred people maybe a thousand people and you took them through this to see if they would actually work like there's so many variables to um, these research studies and like you also have to see who's funding them right like you can find a breakfast company that sells like breakfast sausages or whatever the hell they're selling and they funded the research to basically push them forward to make their point right it's really hard of the industry where you have these studies that people refer to but when you actually look through all the smoke and mirrors it's very biased you know so people need to stay educated what works and what doesn't and this is where if you have a coach that stays on top of it it's really beneficial to you so you don't have to go down this route like for god's sakes people are still doing the bernstein diet where they're on like 800 calories and getting b shots just to freaking get by and they end up losing a lot of their muscle mass and fat mass and then they go back to normal eating and they gain it all back with more fat mass like we as coaches true fitness professionals need to learn how to sift through all the shit out there so i'm gonna end it there thank you for the topic today and you know i was just really thinking about this and it's been a thought process in many coaches out there is you know are people lazy and i've kind of come to this conclusion that i don't think people are actually lazy they just don't like to do shit that they don't like you know what i mean like i love to work out i look forward to it every time a new day opens up for me i'm like i can't wait to work out like that's literally what i think about but there's a lot of people out there that don't think like me and they look at it as a chore as a you know thing that they dread right and i don't think that's necessarily laziness right like here's another example like you know i don't like cleaning the bathroom at all you know but give me a gym hell i will clean up the gym no problem Right, so I like a tidy gym. I don't like having shit on the floor. Um, if I'm doing push-ups and then I like look at my hands, and the most disgusting thing ever. Like I love a clean gym. You know, tell me to tidy up my desk. Hundred percent, I'll do it. But tell me to clean a bathroom. Like fuck, I rather do anything else other than that. Right? Does it make me lazy for not wanting to clean the bathroom? I don't think so. But if I made cleaning a bathroom like a thing to somewhat enjoy or find a thing that will, you know, make it a little bit more tolerable, then sure. You know, what do I do now to clean the bathroom? Fuck, like I sometimes just have to get it done. But, you know, if it's the weekend, like hell, I'll drink a beer while scrubbing the fucking toilet. I don't care. Like at least it's going to get me by. So this whole kind of concept of people feeling lazy to work out or eat healthy, it's just, I don't think they really want to, you know, like deep down inside, they're just like, nah, I just don't want to. And chatting with some people that have struggled with fitness and health, a lot of them don't enjoy exercise. And I think it's just because they haven't found something yet out there to make them excited about it you know if you really think about it every piece of content out there when it comes to the gym like go on instagram and look at like fitness inspo that hashtag you're gonna see a lot of fit women and men that are like 25 years old ripped to shreds doing really fucking hard workouts and then you have the average person that might need to lose like 20 to 30 pounds 
They've been struggling for years, if not decades, when it comes to their weight. And they see that every single day when they're trying to get motivated to work out. That's not going to change their perception of what, um, you know, fitness really is. So they have this weird idea in their head of that's what exercise is. That's what um, it's supposed to look like. But exercise does not have to look like that, right? Exercise to me is anything that makes your body move, right? Like if you like dancing, like fucking dance every single day, right? Like put on fucking music videos of Beyonce and try to mimic that shit every single day. Like, who cares? You're moving, right? I understand that most people are not going to get, you know, excited about deadlifting and barbell squatting and lifting heavy shit, swinging a kettlebell and doing mobility exercises that I like to do. You know, I totally get that. You need to find what makes you motivated or like just excited to do so you know maybe it's as simple as like you don't like going to the gym by yourself and you got to do it with somebody like in this time with covid maybe it's like literally getting onto a call with your best friend and working out together or literally like calling them and be like hey we're gonna talk for an hour and in this hour at on the minute, on every minute, we're going to squat 10 times together. As you're talking about whatever, you're doing some sort of form of exercise. That's fucking awesome. Just do that. You know what I mean? Like, if you are stuck at home collecting EI, CERB, if you're in uh, Canada, and you've been, like, binge-watching Netflix and whatever other streaming thing you have... And you're on your like fourth freaking episode. You average four episodes a day. Why not like after every episode, just do 20 squats or just something. You know what I mean? Like just move. Like your body's meant for movement. So just move. How like wrestle with your kids for like 30 minutes. Like you will get tired doing something like that. Right? These are all like ideas just on top of my head. Like these are not right. Like, if you were going to go outside and start taking, like, I don't know, a badminton racket and start hitting the birdie, like, as many times as possible, do that. Like, I remember, actually, um, a couple years ago, um, I don't even know how I got to this point, but I was like, you know what? I'm getting a soccer ball, and I'm going to learn how to, like, is it dribbling, where you, like, just make sure it doesn't hit the ground, like... You know, you hit it with your knees and feet and head and chest only. So I did that. And, like, it was really challenging. And I got super fucking sweaty from it and tired. And I was like, holy shit, I need to do this more often. So I incorporated it as my weekly workout. So for, like, 30 minutes, I was practicing of just soccer. Fuck, I don't even know. Dribbling? What is it? Someone message me and tell me what I'm, how I'm screwing this up um, for 30 minutes at a time. And I think I got up to like 47 like touches or bounces or whatever you want to call them. And like that was like fun for me. And it made me sweat and move like crazy. Like think about like when you start getting good and you're trying to, you're close to beating your like score and the ball is like halfway across, say like 30 feet away from you and you're sprinting your ass over to make sure you can hit it again to make sure it doesn't hit the ground so you can beat your score. Like stuff like that that works you know something as simple as that like go grab a basketball go outside and just try to shoot hoops like anything anything right if you have a dog right now during covid and yes you've probably walked them a bunch of times but like every day like walk your dog for an hour right like stuff that you've never done before and during that hour, like, listen to a podcast, listen to your favorite artist, like, whatever. Like, make it a more joyful experience. 
Like guaranteed, like none of us get excited to brush your teeth in the morning, but we just have to do it. But guaranteed, if you like created a like a get pumped psyched playlist and started brushing your teeth to it, you'd be like, yes, I can't wait to brush my teeth tomorrow to listen to that playlist. Which by the way, again, I'm going all over the place with this, but this is great. Um, if you go on Spotify or Apple Music, if you're a fan of How I Met Your Mother, there's that episode with uh, Barney on New Year's uh, Eve, and he had the Get Psyched mix, and like you only listen to that first song, and it's like Bon Jovi, um, what was it? Anyway, it's a Bon Jovi song, and uh, there's an actual playlist called Barney's Get Psyched Mix. So if you listen to that while brushing your teeth, you will always experience a better time brushing your teeth. So that is as easy as it can get when it comes to trying to improve your environment and make exercise a more enjoyable thing, you know? And something to kind of help with your mental health when it comes to, you know, this whole shit of COVID is start posting things on social media that you're happy about. You know, like, if you really had to audit your entire day of how many good things happen to you compared to the bad things, it's, like, astronomical, right? Like, you will remember the, the morning that you woke up and, like, the coffee grinder didn't work or you spilled your coffee and you're like, my fucking day is ruined. I need to post a shit on Facebook. I am so pissed. The entire day is just going to go to shit now. But in that day, probably other things have happened that made it pretty good. But you were so, you know, beat up and so, um, what was it? So like wrapped up with this idea that um, the whole coffee fiasco was like the worst thing on this planet, right? Even something like as simple as when, you know, we were able to go to the airport and go fly anywhere we wanted. Every safe flight that you had where a pilot took this like, I don't know, 100 ton piece of machinery in the fucking air at like, was it 20,000 feet and took you across the world and landed you safely without you dying you don't think twice about it but the moment you go on a you know um, trip on a plane and they delay your flight for 30 minutes you sure the fuck are so pissed off enough to go on Instagram and post oh my god I can't believe whatever airlines is being such a dick for delaying my thing blah blah but all the other times you've flown and had a pretty good experience you never post about that you never go hey I didn't die on this plane I met a new person beside me like nothing like we never post anything about positivity right <laughs> like so how I'm gonna circle this back to this whole like making exercise better is like find a positive thing about you exercising like yeah you don't like it but say you do it what was a positive thing of that it's like hey I exercise for 10 minutes I improved my health fuck yeah right be that annoying person on Facebook or Instagram posting that they worked out or finished a workout or they went for a walk or like document that shit you know we just have to look at things a little bit differently. There's always a silver lining. But we have this weird, like, ingrained DNA in us that when things don't go our way, we, like, magnify it by a thousand percent to make it out like we're such a victim that we're about to fucking die because the coffee grind machine did not work. Like, that's so fucked up. So... No wonder people have such a tough time trying to, you know, figure out how to make fitness and health a priority in their life. <sighs> I went all over the place, but I feel like this is good just to, you know, get it off my chest and into the open. 
Uh, I'm going to end it there. Um, so we're going to get into the show. And I want to talk about this concept of the real reason why you're not seeing fat loss results. The big thing that everyone doesn't even factor in. And I see this over and over and over again. And let me start by saying, if you're a person listening to the show struggling with their fitness goals, their fat loss goals, whatever it is, it's usually because psychologically there's something going on and we need to cover all facets of health. And number one is our mental health. Because if the stuff that's happening up in here doesn't work properly so how is that stuff up here supposed to tell the rest of your body what to do and recover from it and adapt to it you know what I mean so a typical example is you know the average person in their lifetime I think the stat will be they've done at least nine kind of like crash diets to lose weight And they all lose weight during the diet, but then they all gain it back plus some afterwards. Now, this kind of cycle just goes to show that people are so desperate to finally see the weight come off. And they feel that they have to do drastic things to prove their self-worth. Now... When you're growing up, especially women, and don't get me wrong, guys can go through this too, and I'll give an example, but, you know, as young girls growing up, your parents probably told you, you know, you need to eat as much as possible to get big and strong. They would always kind of use those words, make sure you eat, make sure you eat enough so you can get big and strong, so when you're older, blah, 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 blah. And then at some point in their lives, they start hearing words like, make sure you don't eat too much because you don't want to get too big. You don't want to take up space. You want to be thin. You got to watch your figure. And this can happen as early as like 10, 11 years old. And now think about the psychological scar that our parents are leaving on us knowing that if you eat too much you're not gonna be worthy of other people's approval right this is where the root cause starts and when you kind of grow from that and you start seeing the diet culture from your parents and most likely it's the mother where they're constantly dieting, saying comments about other family members who've gained weight, and all these little things that pop up as a young, like, tween, or whatever you call them now, um, and teenagers, you pick up on your parents' behavior, and you realize, oh, in order for me to be good enough in this world, I need to be a certain shape, a certain size, I need to have a certain weight, I can't eat certain foods, I need to X, Y, and Z. And this is where it starts becoming a huge problem. And then you have companies out there advertising to use food as an emotional carrier if anything went wrong, right? Like how many freaking ice cream um, companies out there have embedded into your head that when you have a rough day, you had some sort of you know, emotional day, some sort of breakup, some sort of relationship trouble, you automatically go to your freezer and eat ice cream. Like that's been around probably since the mid eighties. Like you're having relationship issues, go have a pint of ice cream. Like it just goes hand in hand, but that doesn't actually do anything. Like if you actually look at some research, um, about like binge eating on foods, And for those listening, like, you know, personally, I've gone through a lot of binge eating issues, like a lot. And I would say like, only now I kind of have the grasp over it, but I still have binge tendencies. Before it used to be really, really bad. But 
when you look into binge research, and I went down this rabbit hole because I was trying to figure my shit out. Um, almost 99% of the time when people binge eight, and I mean like really to a point where they have no self-control to stop until they feel sick, that's binge eating. They get to that point so they can relieve their, you know, anxiousness, their stress, their emotions, whatever it is. And at the time, as they're using food to help fight off these emotions, they feel a little bit better. But the moment they stop, 99% of all those um, people in this research uh, study said that they felt worse than when they first started. Right, But for some reason, we have it embedded in our head that food will help ease the pain, no matter what. But there's always that feeling of guilt after, and this is where it can go into purging and stuff like that. But there you have it. Like From a young age, many young, young girls going into puberty and then eventually adulthood have built probably two de- decades worth of you know, messages that in order for them to have self-worth, they have to look a certain way and be a certain weight. And also on top of that, take down any other woman that looks out of the ordinary shape that society wants you to look like. Like that's really fucked up if you think about it. Now for guys, and this is a personal experience of mine, you know, if you listen to my show from the very beginning or listen to my first episode to kind of like figure out what this show is about, I was obese. I was heavy. I weighed over 200 pounds and then lost it all. But growing up as a kid, I was always the fat kid. And I remember um, I always dealt with a lot of health issues growing up. And when I would go to the doctor, the doctor would always weigh me. And I was like the worst feeling ever. And I remember I was like, at a point where they're like, if you keep gaining weight, you will get diabetes at a young age. And if you get diabetes at a young age, like that's some serious shit. And at, from that moment, I remember like my parents would always, you know, tell me things like, Oh, don't eat too much. You're going to get too fat. Don't eat that. Eat this instead. Like all those little things at a young age of like nine, 10 years old, and then kids at school making fun of you for being overweight, like that shit will leave a scar or two. You know what I mean? And now when you become an adult and you're trying to finally undo decades of psychological scars and coming from an environment that did not nurture who you are as an individual and teach you what self-worth really is, fuck, you would have a hard time losing weight and being committed to something. Like, it's not rocket science. So a lot of times, I tell people that are on this quest to finally lose weight and be done with it, it starts with your mental health. Like, are you physically, like, mentally ready to take on the burden of doing the work that you need to undo that so many of your parents, family members, friends have put on you, society, to tell you that you're not good enough if you weigh a certain way or look a certain way. Like, fuck, that is some tough shit. And this is why I tell people, like, weight loss, fat loss, any fitness goal is not just a six-week thing, an eight-week thing, three-month thing it's a lifestyle like you have to undo a lot of shit in order to see success finally so I'm gonna leave it there I want you guys to really think about you know looking deep down inside you and figuring out if you've actually worked your shit out for this next you know step in your life that you know gyms are reopening I gained some weight again I need to get my shit together start developing yourself personally in here and in here 
And for those who are listening, I point to my heart and my head. Like, work on yourself. You know? Don't get caught up with all the shit that's out there. Because the moment you start being true to yourself and really focusing on building you as a better person, it all comes together. And this is what I've been talking about, like, this past year in my podcast is the bigger picture. This is the bigger picture. You losing weight is like 10% of the whole puzzle piece. The rest is like what's going on in your head. So I'm going to leave it at that. Hopefully that kind of gave you some insight, some, um, you know, things to think about. Um, Let me know if you guys have any questions, feedback, concerns. I would love to hear you guys reach out. Um, hit the show notes, add me on Facebook and Instagram because I post a lot of stuff and give me a five-star review, whatever you're listening to share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I'm sorry for the shitty audio quality. Hopefully I can fix it post editing and that's it from you guys. Have an awesome fucking week. Crush the day. You guys fucking got this. Until next time. What's up, podcast listeners? This is another edition of my car vlog podcast. And I am pumped today because this past week, even though it was super stressful and busy, I was still able to work on my book. I'm officially over 50,000 words, and I am nowhere near done putting my thoughts down and I'm really excited to get this thing together for you guys because comparing it to my last book it's almost like I'd say it's almost on steroids like it's on a whole nother level and it just goes to show how much I've learned um, the past two years because you know I, I would say the first book that I wrote the ironclad body uh, training system was almost just the outline for this and that's how I kind of worked it but I just expanded um, upon it and like literally the best analogy I can give is like you know when you're on Google Maps and you're looking at a small little section of an address and then you click that you know like zoom out button and you click it again and click it again and it just gives you this bigger range of the area and a better understanding of the area and that's how I feel like this next book is going to be it's going to take my first whack at writing and publishing and just expand it like by 10 times it's going to be very in-depth and the program in it is literally probably the best programming I've ever written and I'm so excited to share it with everyone so stay tuned I still don't have a possible date yet to release it, but I still have a lot of stuff that I need to do, and a lot of it is going to be more video form, like more of a video format for the workouts, but uh, I'm excited to share it. So let's get to the show, and I want to do a huge shout-out to everyone in Saudi Arabia listening to my show. For, I think, this past month, you guys have been my number one country Um, listening to my show so super cool and the funny thing is is like a lot of people who have been adding me on Facebook and these are the like I'm assuming these are the people that are listening to my show and are listening to hit the show notes and add me on Facebook and it's a lot of physical therapists from Saudi Arabia so shout out to everyone in Saudi Arabia listening to my show that's so cool Um, okay So I've been connecting with several newer people who've added me to Facebook and my Instagram and I've been asking like what topics they would want me to cover and I realized and I think this happened like six months ago that I need to go back to the basics and chat about topics that you know get brought up constantly and you know I get a lot of new people listening to my show and you know sometimes I forget that you know, I'm not just talking to the same 10 people since day one. So someone asked me about this whole like 
can I spot reduce on my body? And we're going to go back to the basics of like fat loss and weight loss and things like that. And primarily, a lot of people want to lose belly fat, fat around their arms, and like fat around their legs. And I totally get it. It's frustrating that, you know, you're training, you're trying to eat healthier, and those areas seem to not budge at all when it comes to weight loss. And to fully understand this, you need to realize that you cannot spot reduce. There's no amount of, you know, let's for example, bicep curls you can do every single day. Just for example, say you did 100 bicep curls seven days a week, hoping that your biceps are going to grow and get super lean compared to the rest of your body. It's not going to happen. You know, like if I put it into those contexts, so say your new workout regimen is just bicep curls because you don't like the fat around your arms and you want it to get super toned and lean and you're not going to do any other exercise on your body. If spot reduction was real, then you would have these like gigantic lean and shredded biceps only and then the rest of your body is just going to be, you know, soft. It, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Um, so that being said, like if you are frustrated with a certain part of your body and you're spending extra time on it, it's probably not going to work unless your, um, you know, diet is intact, right? Like you could have the best training program in the world and if your nutrition's not in check nothing's gonna really change I mean like yeah you're gonna lose some weight you'll have more energy you'll be stronger but all those areas that you're hoping to lose fat specifically is probably not going to happen now let's take this a step further usually when it comes to belly fat tricep fat inner thigh fat whatever it is it can also come down to hormonal issues. And a lot of times when I train people, I don't just look at the exercise portion. I don't just look at the nutrition portion. I also look at hormones in general, right? And number one, I go down to sleep, right? What helps regulate your hormones on a day-to-day basis? Adequate recovery and rest. If you're getting shitty five to six hours of sleep, you're probably not going to do any justice for the hormones responsible for weight loss and regulating. Like the thing to remember, our body loves a routine. It loves it. If you're constantly giving it variables on day to day, it's not going to stay in homeostasis where it's super happy and everything's functioning like a well-oiled machine. It's going to be stress the fuck out. And this is why a lot of um, shift workers have a very difficult time trying to lose weight and keeping on top of their health. So, you know, unfortunately, people like nurses, police officers, firefighters, where they're, you know, doing four days on, four days off, they're doing overtime. And a lot of times when your sleep is not intact, your hunger hormones are off the charts and you end up eating more. And again, that's not a bad thing because you can eat more, but most of the time when those things arise, you end up eating shittier things because you go, oh, I'm hungry, I'm just going to have a snack. And something easy to snack on are foods that are not necessarily the best for you. And then you end up being hungrier because they're not fulfilling enough. And then you end up eating more of it. And it's like this vicious cycle of shitty sleep, shitty health habits, shitty food habits, and then you're trying to exercise on top of it. It's not really working, and you're like, what the fuck? And it goes down to also stress. Like, now let's take this sleep-deprived person that has way too many variables of stress in their life, and now they also have to deal with the stress of work, stress of life in general, and they're at that moment where they're like, what the hell? Why can't I lose weight? It's like, fuck, it all starts with how you 
you know, deal with your stress. And if you really think about it, like, again, this is just my personal opinion. If you look back to our ancestors, the only kind of stress they would most likely have is a fucking panther running after them and trying to kill them for food. You know what I mean? Like, if we go back to those days, like, that, that's literally probably the only thing. And if you're within a small community, like, there's not a lot of gossip or shit like that that's also going to, you know, worry you. You don't have a boss looking over you at every little thing you do in hopes that you're going to fuck up and then start, you know, getting angry at you. And you don't, you know, have the stress of, like, oh, shit, am I going to make enough money this month to pay my rent and, like, have enough food, like... We don't have, we didn't have those stressors before. And I don't think we fully evolved fast enough for how fast our world um, grew. Because if you really think about the last, like, I don't know, 500 years, how quickly our world has developed compared to, you know, generations before, well, you know, decades, not decades, centuries before like our bodies are not living in an environment where it can thrive and there's only a small percentage of people that have these high health standards well high, like high mm, how, how can I word this kind of like the ultimate health um, I don't even know where I'm going with this what, am, what is the word I'm looking for you know, yeah, say it's the 1% of the world where people actually have the best health because their job is probably something to do with health. They're either professional bodybuilder, fitness model, whatever it is, and it's their job to be healthy and to look good. You know, we have so much stress that influences our life, which then correlates to how our bodies are going to adapt to fat loss and weight loss. So, long tangent and long ramblings of me trying to figure out how to put my thoughts into words stress is probably the root cause to why you can't lose weight along with other things but it is the one of the main things so if we can figure out strategies to de-stress or manage stress a little bit better and sometimes it's like a big jump where you need to decide if your job that is the main stressor of your life and is causing your health to deteriorate, maybe that's a conversation you need to have with yourself, your spouse, your friends, your family, whatever it is. Um, Think of ways to help with this. Guaranteed, if you can lower your stress, quality of life will go up, weight will start falling off, and you are just going to enjoy life a lot more. So I'm going to end it there. Hopefully that gave you some context. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Add me on Facebook and Instagram. Everyone hit the show notes. The link is there. Add me. I'm going to say what's up. I'm going to ask you what episodes were the most helpful and what topics you want me to bring up next. I always take requests. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you until next time.